This is the Paul Stars. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. I'm actually Matt. I'm actually Matt. I'm actually Paul. Hey, nice to meet you. What? <laughs> now we're confusing everybody. I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Cool. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to all of our fans, the 10 or 15 or so that we can see uh, through our website that we use to host the pod. It's like a baker's dozen. Yeah, for listening to us because we appreciate it, truly, because we just do this for fun and we appreciate yeah. you guys sticking with us through every episode. So shout out to the fans. We're having fun. Hopefully you are too. If you want to drop us a line, we have an email, a Twitter account. We'll respond. <laughs> yeah, because no one else has reached out ever. <laughs> so the All-Star Game is coming up. All-Star Games are fun. It's usually kind of an amalgam of the best NBA talent. It's really fun. Yep. Um, they have performers. Yeah, this is going to be different because of COVID. They're condensing it instead of like a whole weekend. It's, I think, just one night. Yeah, and no one wants it to happen. No. The players are pissed off. So it's not going to be as fun, probably. But anyway, in the spirit of kind of how we normally do things, um, well, what we would normally do is Paul and myself would come up with who we think should be the All-Stars uh, in the Eastern and Western Conference, respectively. But I'm lazy, and Paul is not. So <laughs> Paul came up with a list of who he would choose to the All-Star game. Also, now, I'm, I'm smart. You are smart. Um <laughs> That really has a- nothing to do with this, though. It's just pure laziness on my part, because I just really didn't care to do it. Also, I'm about to be proven as pretty dumb. <laughs> but here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to run down. So there's 15 players, right? Yep. Uh, in the East and the West that are named to the All-Star team. The starters have already been announced, but the reserves have not. So we will just run through who the starters are for the East and the West, and then Paul run down his... Um, his picks, and I'm going to critique the fuck out of them. Then that's what I'm looking forward to. And then I'll say if I think he's wrong or whatever. So it'll be fun. Also, I just want to say something before we start. A lot of times when something happens like this, it's called the first annual, like the first annual Paul Stars. And I fucking hate it because the first annual can't happen. This is the first ever Paul Stars. Welcome to the first annual Paul Stars. No, no, there is no first annual. There is a first, and there's a second annual if it happens again. So this is the first annual Paul Stars. Good to know. This is off to a great start. The fact I just, that I know that that bothers you now is fucking wonderful. I had to get that out there. It fucking you drives shouldn't me have crazy. said that. It drives me insane. So the first annual Paul Stars go. <sighs> okay. <laughs> the <laughs> look of defeat. <laughs> if you could see his face. The face of a podcaster. Anyway, so to start off with. These are the five for the West who are already chosen. It's already been announced by the NBA. The starting five. The starting five. Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. I don't think either of us really have any problem with that aside from Luka. Yeah, I have a big fucking problem with Luka, especially over Damian Lillard. That's who I think should be starting. Lillard's been balling out. And he got more votes, so. I absolutely agree. Doncic has had a fine season. It's not been like... Oh my God! Of course he's an All Star starter. He's not been better than Dame. No. Period. No. Uh, for the East, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. I would not disagree with any of those. I would disagree with Kyrie. Really? Who would you put? Uh, anybody else? Really? Spoiler alert: Kyrie does not make my All Star team. Huh? Okay. And here's why. We'll start. We'll start with this. We'll start with my leftovers. So these are players who did not make my all-star team. Okay. Kyrie Irving, because he quit on his team for like two weeks. Okay. Also in that same category on the same team, James Harden. Okay. Quit on his team for two weeks. Look, this is a regular season award. If you quit on your team for 10 to 15% of the time, you don't get an award. You don't get... Even if you're really good the other 85% of the time, 90% of the time? Why would you get employee of the year if you quit on your team for a month? If your other 11 months were really fucking good. I'm not saying I 100% agree with them being on it, but I don't have a problem with Kyrie Irving being a starter. Name me the name me the point guard in the East who should have gotten it over Kyrie. 
Well, let's pull up my list. I really don't have too many pure <laughs> pure point guards. If you're looking for a pure point guard, it'd probably be Van Vliet. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't choose him over Kyrie any day, even the, if he's played all, uh, all the games in the season thus far. But there's, like, if if your coworker is Ted Cruz and just shipped himself off to Cancun for a month and then came back, would he still get Senator of the Year? Probably not. Well, um, first of all, fuck Ted Cruz. Just have to say that because oh, it's yeah. just way too easy to say. Uh, second of all, Ted Cruz would never win Senator of the Year. Um, he would never win Dad of the Year or Dog Dad of the Year or Husband of the Year. Man, he wouldn't win any. The only thing Ted Cruz would win <laughs> is Zodiac of the Year. Nice. <laughs> nice. I mean, we're, we're sidetracking, but but that's, that's how I feel about I, it. And, and look, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I don't inherently disagree with you. I think the I, thing about the... Here's the thing that I appreciate about you, Paul, is that you are so much more of a purist when it comes to this kind of stuff, and fucking nobody else is in the media. No one like when it was a when it was a thing that like oh Kyrie is gonna retire and da 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 da. The media was all over it and like oh what's happening and da da da. And now that he's back, it's like, well look, the Nets are gonna win the championship and da 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 da. It's it's whatever is convenient for the headlines. So yeah. In principle, I agree with you, but as far as how the all-star games are picked and the, the lineups are picked, it doesn't surprise me at oh, it's, all. It's a popularity contest. Kyrie 100%. is hugely popular. Yeah. No one's like, oh, remember that Clay time? Clay Thompson when- got a lot of fucking votes in the West, yeah. and he's not going to play this year. No. So. I mean, he's he's been hurt the whole year. Um, also, hot take, there should be no fan vote. <laughs> there should be no fucking fan vote for all-star games. I think it's dumb. It doesn't count for a huge percentage. I don't think it should count for anything. No, I'm sorry. That's a hot take. I don't think so. I think you need to engage the fans. Because that's I mean, that's what drives revenue and all that. There's maybe they could vote maybe maybe vote. if players agree to it in like the CBA, the fans could vote for who would participate in the slam dunk three point and skills competitions. No, that would be cool. No, because it'd just be Taco Fall in all of them. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Yeah, it would. No, it would be LeBron who has refused to do a dunk competition. That's true. That would be cool if, like, if players agreed in the CBA as long as the player is healthy. For <laughs> but you know what I mean, like for fans to vote on the top five. I think that would be cool. No, it just no, I, it would be. Don't say no. Fine. Fuck Whatever. You. Whatever. We're getting off point. It's all this Kyrie stuff applies to James Harden too. On like. Skill-wise, James Harden and Kyrie Irving are in the top 15 in the East. No question about it. I think that's I think that's more fair, though, James Harden than Kyrie, because there was also a lot of, like, interesting uh, perspective on the Kyrie thing that did he leave to devalue the Nets or make it seem like they needed James Harden more and could know, get a better... Because he was doing something with his sister's birthday party. Yeah, and... I know, but there was also a lot of talk about that at the time. Yeah. Because they... his his teammates weren't pissed off at him. No, I mean... That's what was so weird about it. He just was gone. I. It's also just Kyrie. Like if any, Yes, he's an odd guy. If anyone sure. in the league just took a spiritual quest, like Dennis Rodman style, you know? and it, Kyrie would be one of those people who you're just like, okay... But James Harden was actively like, my team fucking sucks. I'm amazing. I fucking hate Houston. Get me out of yeah. here. Like, that was different. I would agree with you on that. He he was blatantly just not even trying. And now he is. But I remember that. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. So, whatever. That's those two. Okay. Colin Sexton did not make the cut. I, th- I think that's fair. Colin, we already gave shout-outs to Colin Sexton before on previous pods. He's had a really nice year. And I think we talked if he keeps this production up, like Jeremy Grant as well, like they could be perennial all stars. Yeah. Like, so. Yep. Yeah, I'm there's, cool. With there's that. a bright future. Sure. Uh, also in the East, Gordon Hayward, kind of he's had it. He's had a nice season. It hasn't been like transcendent by any means, but he's playing well. Sure. Like I'm not. I'm not surprised he's getting looks. Uh, you're gonna think this is a hot take. Who shouldn't be in the All Star game? This. So, full disclosure, my my list is 12 players. So there's still. Okay. There's still room, like, in the last three for my So 15. this player would most likely make This 15. player would most likely be in the bottom three for my list. Okay. Which I didn't round out. Bam Adebayo. I actually don't. That's not that hot of a take. Oh, I thought you were high on the Bam train. I am high on Bam, but Miami's fucking sucked. They've been bad yeah. 
he's he's been pretty good, but he, he's been good. But to when to you me, go from the finals and yeah, you sorry to, yeah. to be an all star, yeah, I expect 100%. more of a carry job. Like Jimmy Jimmy Butler, if he was healthy, would be an all star because he comes back. That team is different. Yeah, and that's I think that's a good point. You know, Bam's gotten a lot of KG comparisons in his early career, and like when KG was with the Wolves. He carried those fucking teams. Carried yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Bam's not carrying those teams. No. And, that team. And again, he's young. It's kind of like Colin Sexton. He's yeah. young. It would not surprise me if two years from now he starts going to multiple All-Star games. Yeah. I, I don't – actually, I kind of agree with you. I don't hate that. Well, I thought I was going to get a lot of pushback. No. Uh, Jimmy Butler also didn't make the cut just because he's been hurt. Yep. COVID. Um, on the Pacers, I don't have Sabonis or Brogdon. They've both had nice seasons, but it's kind of the BAM problem. Like, the team just – they have nice pieces on the team, actually. I think on paper. They started off really hot, too, and they've just kind of – On paper, the Pacers are a nice team. Yeah. Sabonis is nice. Like, Sabonis might make that last three in the East for me. Okay. Um, But he's not on it. Jamal Murray is not on it, which he's been hot, but just not consistent. No. Oh. Like, he's among the lead leaders. In, and he'll be an all-star this year. And two points made. Oh, yeah, because popularity contest. Right. There's no way that the NBA would not have Zion Williamson in the game. So that's it for the leftovers. Do you want to start in the East or do you want to start in the West? Let's – I don't care. Who do you feel like bashing first? Let's just start in the East. That's fine. The easy, That's easy. The easy East. Number one, Kevin Durant. The net who did not give up on his team and has been balling. Balling the fuck out. No one needs to be said. Two, Embiid. Obvious. Yeah. Like, one of two MVP candidates. M- yeah, MV right Embiid. <laughs> Giannis is obviously in yep. there. Uh, let's see. That next one's. I'll just I'll just go for it. Vucevic. Yeah. So Vucevic last night had like a really nice game. He's been so solid. And Paul and I have talked about um him a lot orlando center yeah, he's, he's been, been solid orlando. for 10 years and he's having a probably his best season this year he's been great he's a fantastic player and again i hope that he gets the chance to be kind of um more widely talked about because he's such a solid player I, i'm not even mad at that yeah i mean that was is going down my list yeah uh next i have two boston guys jalen brown jason tatum can't get mad at that no they've both been great and shout out to jalen brown especially has elevated his game more this year like jason oh, yeah. tatum's always good and getting better every year jalen brown is averaging like almost 26 points he is fucking rocking it this year and his defense is insane he is those two together man they're gonna be so scary that's, that's a tandem. That's scary oh that was shit such a good draft they can i mean they have if if none of them God forbid, if they would – hopefully they don't succumb to injury at any point. They have a solid 10 to 12 years together. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. They're both all-stars this year, and they'll probably both be all-stars for the next, like, 9 to 10 years. Yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton. Yeah. Who – well, I'm not getting any pushback yet. All right. Trey Young. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Fred Van Vliet. Ah. No, I'd put Kyrie over Fred VanVleet, I guess. So, stats-wise, yes. Advanced stats-wise, Fred VanVleet's been a really nice player. Look, I actually didn't have VanVleet on at first until I did a little more research, and I looked it up, and he has been balling. He has been doing a really good job just he's doing all the things right. It's kind of I mean, he's been learning from I don't Kyle disagree. Lowry. I'm just saying like again, I think where you and I are differing on this is I'm thinking like all-star game flashiness, yada, yada, yada. So agreed. This is, I can't hate that pick. I'm just, I got to give you some pushback. Cause I feel like yeah. I'm just agreeing with everything Ky- you're saying. Is Kyrie a better player? Yes. Is Kyrie going to get it over Van Vliet? Yes. In my bracket? No. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm right. cu- cause, cause Kyrie just was ineligible. Right. Um, Jeremy Grant. I nice. Gave, I, gave some I like to Jeremy that. Grant. Because he's, he's been balling out and had a really nice season. Yeah. I think he deserves some recognition. And especially like we talked about last episode, the fact that he chose Detroit over Denver, said, I want to be the guy, and is showing that he is and can yeah. be. On a really shit – the only thing I would say is that De- – sorry, Detroit is so bad. 
Yes. That that would be the big knock against them is they fucking suck. Yeah, it would be like, but, but that's not entirely hit. like. So let me ask you a question. I'm jumping around a little bit, okay. but I know this person is obviously not an all star because he's missed so many games. But if Cat was healthy and producing how he's been producing this year, which is amazing, like really really good, would you consider him an all star? Yes. Okay. Well, then that's fair. At least you're consistent. Yeah. So <laughs> I, so so I haven't gotten down to my the next picks, which are yeah. kind of in that category okay. where where you're convincing yourself it's not just empty calories on a bad yeah. team. But for me, like Jeremy Grant was over Bam because I expected more from the game. I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Julius Randle, who's been balling out. Yeah, he really he really has. He lit like, the Hawks the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, Paul and I were watching this Knicks-Hawks game, and Julius Randle was just fucking he's, draining He's threes. been lighting a lot of teams up, though. He's been... But good for him. We were. I've always liked Julius Randle. I remember yeah. when he was when he started out with the Lakers his rookie season, then got injured, and man, it sucked. Well, and, and he used to just be a head down driver. Exactly. He's just hitting, like he's shooting dribble, threes. Dribble, he's kind of the kind of the Giannis game really, where it's just like yeah. I'm going to run to the rim, and it's either going to be an offensive foul if you get there in time, or a block. He's a late. nice player. But he's added a three point shot. He's got like some step back mid ranges too that are happening. He's, he's got a nice touch. Good. Yeah. And he's been serviceable on defense. Yeah. So shout out to Julius Randle. Good job, Julius Randle. Yeah. It's it's I'm, later in his career for the development than you would have projected. It's so weird because this doesn't happen that often. Where because he's been in the league seven years, eight years maybe. I don't know if it's that long. It's been a while. Yeah. And he's, he's been on a few different teams. T- but he's taking he's taken a huge step this year. Huge. And then probably the one that's the most debatable that I had was Zach Levine. That's kind of the cat argument you just brought up. Yeah. Julius Randle to an extent is, but the Knicks have been surprising actually. Yeah. I'm not going to give the Knicks any credit because fuck James Dolan and double fuck Tom Thibodeau. (laughs) So I'm not going to do it, but they have been surprising this year. So Zach Levine has always been bad on defense and he remains bad on defense, but he has really, really, Really good on offense. He has been exceptionally good on offense. Yeah, he really has. And the Bulls team is, like, Markinen's been hurt. His three-point shot has been money this year. They don't have a lot going on outside of Levine a lot of the time. I mean, they have a new coach, like Billy Donovan came in, so it's a new system. And and they are playing better than I think we expected. The Bulls' record is not – it's not good, but it's not terrible. I expected no. them to be probably bottom three team in the league, and they're not. No, so. and, I mean, they're probably going to trade off some of their pieces, too, here at the trade deadline. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Do they trade Zach Levine? They might. I mean, if... <clears throat> Can Minnesota please trade back for Zach Levine? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the thing about Zach Levine is he probably will top out as a good shooting guard, if not, like, an awesome six-man, just because of the defense. Yeah. It's just, he is a flamethrower that just only works on one end of the floor. Yeah. But I had him as an all-star just out of respect for the great shooting he's had. Nice. Well, okay. That was... Did you pick Bradley Beal for your team? Oh, shit. I missed Bradley Beal. Yeah, Bradley Beal will be on there. That's easy. Okay. Because Bradley Beal's had a... That was just an oversight. Yeah. Monster season. Yeah. That was... That was so much of a gimme. <laughs> I just wanted to make that. sure. No. Okay, for, the for the sure. West. For sure. Let's do the West. The wicked the, the wicked West. wild west. <clears throat> LeBron James. I don't know about that one. I think Shut the hell up, Matt. <laughs> obviously I'm starting off easy. Yeah, obviously LeBron James. Also on his team Anthony Davis, who's been Well, hurt. he's yeah, he's been hurt. He'll make it, but he has been hurt lately. Yeah. But yes, he, he kind of gets the benefit that he got hurt close to the voting time. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because he's going to be out for the next month. Yep. But at, at this point in time in the season, he's been one of the best players in the West. Yep. Uh, Nikola Jokic, obviously. The Give other me. The other MVP candidate. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. Uh-huh. Who's been phenomenal. Damian Lillard, obviously. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry. Yep. Luka Doncic, because it's Luka Doncic. Yeah. I have... Brandon Ingram. So I I took him over Zion. That's interesting. I, I don't I don't I, hate it. I already I already consented that Zion probably makes it yeah, in the list. I don't side. hate that because Brandon Ingram's had a really nice season. He's had a really nice season. 
I mean, I like the floor spacing he provides, honestly. Yeah. Zion's great if he's inside the lane, but is struggling outside of it a little Brandon bit. Brandon Ingram is so versatile offensively, and Zion is not. Zion is, yeah. like, insane at what he does. He's, like, it's one of those where, what, for what he does, he's the best at, like, one thing. But Brandon Ingram does so many things well. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't choose between Chris Paul and Devin Booker, so I took them both. <laughs> and the Suns. I don't know if this will reflect an all-star voting because the Suns, as of late, have been hot as fuck. Hot They're, as the sun. Hot as the sun. <laughs> <laughs> They're 19 and 10 right now. Yeah. They started off like around 500-ish. They have been playing insane basketball. They've been playing great. And it's it's Chris, those two leading the way. It, it Yes, it is. I give Chris Paul so much credit. Yeah. I, I mean, Devin the, Booker's the, been balling out because Devin Booker's Devin Booker. For the record, I I have Chris Paul above Devin Booker, but like if if I had to rank it out, I saw I, someone. I still think they both get it. I saw someone on Twitter talk about how, and I, I think this is a really good point and a really good perspective on Chris Paul. Someone said, "You know, we talk about LeBron all the time. At oh, look at LeBron at age thirty six and he's amazing, and, da, 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 and which is all true, but the person was like, no one ever talks about the fact that Chris Paul, who is a small point guard." is doing what he's doing at age 36 as well. It's incredible. Well, his game is as much power and strength as LeBron. Like no, Le- but LeBron's... small point guards don't normally last that long. No, it's true. So, I mean, kudos to Shout Chris Paul, because, I mean... Yeah, also fuck Chris Paul. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> he's been a flopping bitch his, like, most of his career. I know, but he's... And I, look, I used to talk mad shit about Chris Paul, because I've had a problem with kind of the way he does things... But the how he was in the Thunder last year, what he's doing with Phoenix this year, he's yeah, he's had a really he's having a really nice swan song at the end of his career. I will, which I, will I give re, him which that. I really yes. respect and yes. think is cool. So I agree with that. But fuck, Devin Booker is balling out. Fuck young Chris Paul. Respect to old Chris Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cool with that. That's I think that's a fair take. I can get behind that. And Devin Devin Booker's been balling out too. And he's gonna be an all star because he's he puts up all the points and is flashy with it. Um, I have Donovan Mitchell, your boy. Good. And Mike Conley, my boy. I think that I'm cool with that. Paul and I have had ad nauseum discussion off the pod about the Utah Jazz and, and while they have, they have the best record in the league. They're the best at pretty much everything offensive deficiency uh, offensive efficiency <laughs> defensive efficiency they they're top the best three efficiencies <laughs> so they're top i believe top three or four for both offensive and defensive efficiency they're the which, number one three-point shooting which makes. is a championship contender yeah it's insane um they're i was looking at some advanced stats and their um their margin of victory is number one in the league which is it's like a weird miscellaneous stat, but their margin of victory is so it's like how many points they win by on average. Yeah, it's, is, kind, of, it's kind of like the Bucks the past few years. Yeah, you're just steamrolling teams the regular season. But it's funny because the Jazz before the start of the season were not viewed as a team that would steamroll other teams. They no, were they viewed as a like super team. Yeah, they were viewed as like the, the crafty team defensive lost. team that if you put up a hundred and if you somehow put up 130 points, let's say Kevin Durant shoots, you know, lights out, you're right, whatever, then they're fucked. But they're not. They're no. like so good, yeah, and yeah. Mike. Con- so anyway, Paul and I is kind of like it's not really even a disagreement. It's just I was saying how I think Donovan. Well, actually, and there could be an argument for Rudy Gobert being the best player on the on the Jazz, honestly, because yeah, because advanced stats, he's better than both of them for most advanced stats. I know there's a couple advanced stats that you like that Mike Conley is better, but and several I, of them, Gobert is better as well. Overall, you're not going to get an argument from me about Gobert being the. The most important jazz player. His defense is otherworldly. It, it all centers around him. And he's actually really important on offense because of floor spacing. He's He has improved as a role man on offense. Yeah. It used to just be like outside of two feet from the rim, he was worthless. But now he's catching balls on the roll. He's making passes. He's taking dribbles. And you, and you, have, to, and you have to honor it. And so yeah. when you do, then you have everybody else who can shoot threes. It, His ability, like his, his growth in the pick and roll game has opened up their offense. And it's part of why they've made so many three pointers. Yeah. So 
Shout out to Rudy Gobert. Yeah, shout out. Improving but, his game. But anyway, Mike Conley, yeah, I agree with you 100%. So, They're both really, really good. There, there's also just the emotional plea. Like, Mike Conley was forever great in Memphis, never made it because he was always going up against Steph Curry and Dame Lillard. And those Memphis teams were severely underrated. They were. Severely underrated. And we both loved them. Yes. Every Everyone wanted Mike Conley to get an all-star nod, and he just never did. And it it matters to him. I would I would I would say that I think because I do think Donovan Mitchell, I think Donovan Mitchell is better long term. We've Paul and I have talked about this. Advanced yep. stats do favor Mike Conley, and I don't disagree with that. It's it's not even super close. No, it's not that close. But Donovan Mitchell is the guy at the end of the game that will that will take the shot. Right. It's he, it's this weird thing where like Rudy Gobert is the most important player, Donovan Mitchell is the best player, and Mike Conley is advanced stats. The best player, Mike Conley, is the X factor, is what I would say. But but they all have their yeah. own. They all have their own argument, which is all very valid. Like I am more scared of Donovan Mitchell at the end of a game than I am Gobert or Mike Conley. But I'm also but I'm also worried about Mike Conley's defense. If I'm an opposing team, like if I'm an opposing and, point guard, I don't want to go up against Mike. Conley. And Mike Conley's just played better than Donovan Mitchell this whole year. The thing about Mike Conley is he's just he's so I think. I think part of why he's never made an all-star team is he's so, like, he's just, he's so focused every game, and he's so steady, and he's not a flashy player. No, he's just, he's But he's solid. really, yeah, exactly. He's really good. So, oh, yeah. I agree with you. I think, and Paul and I were talking about this, because it's rare that three players from a team make an all-star game. But if it's going to be a team this year, it has to be Utah. It has to be because they're better than everybody else, and it's not just a flash in the pan. They have shown consistently that they are the best team in the league. If I had to leave someone off that list, it would be Donovan Mitchell. But like, I still think I would put Donovan Mitchell, and I did, over Jamal Murray. Yeah. Well, and I think you have to over Jamal because it's funny that Paul brings this up. We've had this conversation um, very recently, but we've had it. Multiple times because when when the Jazz and the Nuggets faced off in the playoffs and there was that awesome game where Murray and Mitchell just went back it was and forth. Great. So right now we both and we're, I think we have kind of a consensus on this. We both believe that Donovan Mitchell is the better player currently. Currently, Jamal Murray has a higher ceiling because he scored fifty points the other night on eighty four percent with from, no, with from the no field with throws. no free throws, which is insane. <laughs> just, I mean, it's an NBA record. Yeah, Jamal Murray is like when he gets hot, he can get hotter than probably anybody else in the league. But Donovan Mitchell has been more consistent, and Donovan yes. Mitchell is a much better defender. So like, there is some differences in the game. But um, yeah, the Jazz are just—they're absolutely balling. And honestly, the Lakers should be pretty fucking scared of yeah. the Jazz. And I mean, this—this this isn't six man, but Jordan Clarkson has a good argument for six man of the year. And he's been really efficient this year. Like he's yeah. been so important to that team. He's kind of had a Julius Randle type renaissance, you could say. But you could also make I think he he's been starting more, I guess, since Conley's been out, but like Joe Ingles has also been so important off the bench. It's like this, their sixth and seventh man men yeah. have been so vital. Well, Joe Ingles is just steady. Yeah. He he moves and He's one, one of the best three-point shooters speed. in the league. Yeah. Oh yeah. So No, the Jazz have been great. Shout out to the Jazz and shout out to Quinn Snyder because a lot of True. people that's a good shout out. Me included, by the way. A lot of people thought Quinn Snyder was on the outs, probably, because the way that Utah exited the playoffs, there were some questions around Quinn Snyder, and then he turns them into the best team in the league. Shout out. Yeah. That's awesome. Shout out. Do you have anybody else on your teams? Um. Yeah, I mean, the standard Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, they're both in. Hmm. Get over it. Carmelo over Paul George. <laughs> Don't at me. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> if you think that, at Matt. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think wrong. of if there's a player who I would put over Paul George because I fucking don't like Paul George. Probably not. He's He has been good. He has played good basketball. He's the, also kind of a fucker, though. Oh, he's absolutely a fucker. I, I used to be on the Paul George hype train. I was all about it. Now I just respect him as a player and not as the individual yeah but this is about playing yeah which, honestly which I'm people not... are gonna be like but you hurt Kyrie because of that no Paul George didn't take time off yeah. the team because he's a fuckhead Kyrie took time off the team because he's a fuckhead 
Paul George has been balling out. Paul George is just a fuckhead because he's a fuckhead. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, honestly, it's weird because I thought I would disagree more with your picks, but I, I can't really get mad at any of them. There's, I mean, there's kind of just some aging stars in the West, too, like the Carmelos, LaMarcus Aldridge, or DeMar DeRozan. Like, DeRozan kind of has an argument in some cases for All-Star, but that's not going to happen. What I think is interesting about your list on both the East and the West is I think the players who are left off are interesting because there are so many good young players right now. You know, we we dived, delved deep into the 2018 draft. And a player that we didn't talk about at all today, because it's it's hard because, like, Gilgis Alexander has had a really nice season. He's had a really and, nice and season. And the Thunder have been better than expected. Yeah. The problem is the West is so guard-heavy talent. Just insane. Like, oh, yeah. There's... It's not his fault. If he were in the East, he might even be a fringe all-star, honestly. If he was putting up these numbers for guard, point guards. Yeah, I mean, like, if you switch him and Colin Sexton, there's a chance that Shea makes the bottom of the all-star list in the West. Yeah. In the East. But the West is just too strong with, with guards. Yeah, I mean, like, who are you supposed to leave off? Devin Booker? Well, that, and So that's the thing, Donovan right? Like Mitchell? Yeah. Well, Steph Curry, Dane Lillard, Chris Paul. You can't leave any of them off. No. And, I mean, Mike, Mike Conley has had... Right, a great Mike, season too. He's had a, I mean, he's had a better season than than Gilgis Alexander, right. but, but yeah, I it's it's tough. It's always tough. But I wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out because kind of like Colin Sexton in the East. Like I think he, I mean, I think he he's I think actually he's pretty close. Right, I, I think both of them are close. Yeah. So, but there are a lot of young players who I think we are kind of seeing that. You see it every, like, five to ten years where there's that generational shift in the NBA. Yep. And I think we're seeing it. There's a really nice crop of talent, ages between, um, you know, 19 and 25. You see, it, you see it more in the East right now, actually. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Because you have, like, the two Boston wings. Embiid is still young. Giannis is still young. Like, Levine is still young. But so. I'm talking even younger players who are, who are showing that they're going to be really good and, oh, and yeah. make all-star teams in the next couple of years. I'm just saying there's a crop of players in the East who are at that stage yes. right now. And, yeah, there's a few in the West then that are also yeah. a few years from now will be at that stage. Yep. All right. Well, I apparently nailed it. The Paul Stars is a wrap. Paul Stars, first annual. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, you, you tricked me. <laughs> I nearly said yeah. I nearly agreed. The first annual Paul Stars. Oh, fuck that. At least, I, at least I'm the one who names the podcast, and I'm not naming it that. The first non-annual Paul Stars. That's what it's going to be called. If we still have a podcast next year, can we call it the first second annual Paul Stars? At that point, we can call it whatever we want. Then it's an annual. If it, we last that long, <laughs> that'd be crazy. That's why you can't call it an annual. You can't call it the first annual because it only happened once. All right. My rant's over. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just saying it to piss you off. That's the best part. My rant is over. You have a rant called the Minnesota Timberwolves, which for any listener on our pod, Matt's a Timberwolves fan, and you probably haven't listened to any previous episodes because he <laughs> talks about them all the damn time, which is fine because there's always something going on. And Paul on is an that. Atlanta Hawks fan, and he talks about them quite a bit. All I said this episode was Trey Young. Yeah, but normally we talk about them more. I know, I know. So. <laughs> but anyway... Timberwolves have been making moves. They fired their head coach after they lost to their old head coach, Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks. And <laughs> they just, they couldn't deal with the rejection and the pain that came from that. And so they cut ties. And Matt, I'll let you take it from here. What are your thoughts? <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts. There's, uh, I've been trying to organize my thoughts. I actually had the day off of work today, which was nice. And I was able to kind of keep up with all of the fodder around the situation. So I'm going to try and break it down as coherently as possible, but it might not be very coherent. Ryan. I'll, so I'll try to help the people out. Thank you, Paul. Okay. So the Minnesota Timberwolves suck. Yes. Am I helping? You're not going to, I mean, <laughs> like you're correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to get right. mad at you. We succinctly summed it up. So the Timberwolves organization, and there's a reason I'm doing this, by the way. The Timberwolves organization started in 1989. The Lakers were in Minnesota in the 50s and 60s, went to L.A. Minnesota didn't have a pro basketball team for a long time. Got it back in 89. 
Yada, yada, yada. Glenn Taylor. I don't think he was the first owner, but he becomes the owner of the Timberwolves in the 90s. No, he, Ke- he definitely bought the team. Yeah, he bought the team. Kevin Garnett happens. Flip Saunders was like the legendary Timberwolves coach. They go to a lot of um, a lot of playoffs in a row. Go to a couple of Western Conference Finals. Um, and then the team uh, trades Kevin Garnett to the Celtics, who then subsequently the next year win a championship. The team implodes and has really never recovered from about 14 years ago. And just, just to be clear, there was mutual love between Garnett and the Timberwolves. And there's still mutual love between, like, Timberwolves fans. I mean, Kevin Garnett is the most revered wolf of all time. Yep, he just hates your current owner. With valid reason. Yes. So, anyway, along the way, so Flip Saunders actually came back to coach the Wolves in 2014 or 15. Um, very unfortunately passed away from cancer in 20... 15, 15 16? 16, I think 15. Maybe 16, but 15 or 16. Um, his son, Ryan, had been an assistant for his dad and then was an assistant for Sam Mitchell, who took over in the interim um, after Flip died. And then Tom Thibodeau was hired. And Ryan Saunders was an assistant for Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau was fired. Ryan became interim head coach. In 2019, that's when they um, fired Tibbs. And then they brought in Gerson Rosas, who's the current president of basketball operations. He was with the Houston Rockets. And he conducted head coaching interviews. Ryan Saunders was selected out of those to continue being the head coach. Um, Ryan Saunders seems like a super good guy. Like I have nothing. I've heard nothing bad about him personally. The players loved him. He was always a good player development guy, like player personnel, that kind of thing. Um, he just never could connect as a head coach. And I kind of feel bad even talking shit about his coaching because he seems like such a nice guy, but he was a pretty bad coach. X's and O's. He, it's okay to be both. He was he wasn't able to he wasn't able to maximize the team's talent, which is a problem. He wasn't able to drop good end of game situations, and especially this year, the Wolves started out when Cat like the first two games, first few games when Cat was healthy, he was playing really well. He was out because of an injury, then out because COVID, and D'Lo's been out. Sorry, D'Angelo Russell. Um, but the team has in the past couple of weeks been playing close basketball games. There have been several games where they've been down 20 points, like at the half, <laughs> and come back and win, or sorry, come back and lose by like five points. So they're getting close. And then they've even had several games in the past week or so where they've led in late-game situations and just given it up. And a lot of that's because you're a young team. It Maybe. is, but for example, um, on Friday night they played Toronto. And... They were up 81 to 75 with like two minutes left. It was a really bad basketball game. And it was, but the Raptors ended up winning 86 to 81. So the Wolves scored zero points. Raptors going 11 and 0 run at the end of the game. That's bad basketball. That's bad basketball. And you shouldn't, I don't care how young you are, that a, t- a team that's up by six points with two minutes left. Should at the very least, if they lose, lose by like a point. Yeah. Just for just two, from just from or, like a time of possession standpoint. Two or three. Yeah. But to let the opposing team at the end of a game go on an eleven and zero run, it's just flat out embarrassing. Well, the whole game was flat out embarrassing for both teams, frankly. I'm sad that I watched. Yeah, that it game. was bad. But <laughs> um, neither, neither team deserved that one. The Wolves played the Knicks last night, as Paul said. So immediately after the game, Ryan Saunders was relieved of his coaching that was, duties. That was a close game too. Yeah, but they lost by right, four points. Right, and that again, this has been the story. They've been close, yep. but have not been able to win. And you can blame some of it on young players. At the end of the day, a cat had a super nice game last night: twenty-seven points, fifteen rebounds, four assists, three blocks, a steal. This cat's a nice boy. But they couldn't win, and they no. lost by four points. That's not Cat's fault. No. Like when it, you know what I mean? Like when you lose by as few points as they did, he had as solid of a game as he did. 
So coaching has a lot to do with it. And not calling the right plays at the end of the game has a lot to do with it. Yep. Setting your team up for success just in general. Yeah. So he was relieved of his coaching duties. And it was interesting because I was watching Twitter in real time and I had to call Paul right away and was like, holy shit, Ryan Saunders got <laughs> fired. Because I'm, I'm – it's never good when anybody loses a job. So, like, from that perspective, he has a, a wife and a young kid and I think she's expecting, like, very soon. It's like, that sucks. Yeah. He has to deal with that from a like from a family perspective, and that blows and and the emotional the emotional lockdown. ties to the organization, and like that's that's terrible. But he was the wrong coach for the team, yeah. and unfortunately, at the end of the day, you know, the view is, and I'm not trying to be cold to Ryan Saunders, but the, it's funny a lot of Timberwolves fans who have been calling for his like his firing for a long time, like fucking fire Ryan Saunders is terrible. They're like, well, he didn't have to do it like that. They didn't have to do it like that. Well, what the fuck else were they going to do? Right. Like, it did seem a little ruthless, but... Wait wait till the end of the season or wait for the All-Star break, something well, like that. So... Something where there's, like, other news that's going on, so, so it's not just only, hey, remember how much the Timberwolves suck? But there was obviously a reason they had to do it right away. Now, here, there's a lot of speculation, but... So I see it announced on Twitter, and then, like, a couple minutes after it's announced that he was let go, Adrian... Wojnarowski from ESPN tweets, the Timberwolves will not be naming an interim head coach immediately. And I was like, well, that's weird. Right. Because David Vanterpool, who is the associate head coach, who was, he's basically like known for his defense, kind of a defensive guru. He was uh, assistant coach in Portland with Terry Stotts. He's credited with teaching Damian Lillard how to play defense, like, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum really regard him well from Portland. Um, a lot of people expected if and when Ryan Saunders got let go that he would be put in as interim head coach. Yeah, the natural succession. So the fact that it was intentionally announced like a couple of minutes after the Ryan Saunders firing that there would be no immediate naming of an interim head coach was weird. Then about 10 minutes after that... They said that sometimes Cat's going to be head coach. Sometimes Rubio will be head coach. <laughs> sometimes Beasley will be head coach. No, they didn't. And that's funny. <laughs> Shout out to the Nets. <laughs> Not really. Um, it never gets old. Sorry. So about 10 minutes later, it was announced that the Timberwolves were in the process of finalizing a multi-year deal with Toronto Raptors assistant coach Chris Finch. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Yeah, out of left field. Well, out of left field, but also it looked really bad. Like, it looked like tampering. It looked like it had been in the works for a while. And people are like, how the fuck does that happen? Where coaches fired, I think it was 14 minutes later on Twitter, it was announced that they have hired a new coach. That's ready to go. Gerson Rosas, the president of basketball operations for the Wolves got a lot of heat and I watched the press conference for Chris Finch today and he got a lot of heat Gerson Rosas not Chris Finch because it did leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths the way that it was done people like uh, a beat reporter for the Wolves asked or sorry beat reporter covering the Wolves I don't remember who it was specifically asked a question to the effect of because Gerson Rosas basically said they knew that this was going to happen on Friday they were just working out the details and finishing the process of firing him, I guess, takes a long time. I didn't realize firing took a long time. Paperwork or something? Glenn Taylor, the owner, probably had to, like, it was probably a process with him to sign off on things. And apparently Tibbs got fired on a Sunday as well. So it might be some huh. weird, like, fetish that Glenn Taylor has to fire people on fucking Sundays. Maybe he's he can a, pray big, about it and, like, feel better. His big U2 fan. Sunday, bloody Sunday. There you go. Okay. We don't have to do that. Um my ears are bleeding now because that's Monday bloody Monday. No, I'm kidding. Uh so anyway, um Rosas was asked if you knew on Friday that you were gonna fire him, why did you wait? Why did you let him get on a plane to New York? And fire him away from home after the game on Sunday. I think that was a fair question. 
And his answer was just kind of like, well, it's a process. And, you know, we didn't actually know we were going to let him go until Sunday morning. It wasn't official. And da 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 da. And it's like, okay. Gerson Rosas, I still have respect for him. And I think he's, I think he's very competent at what he does. He's not, you know, people are used to Minnesota nice. And he's not like mean or anything, but he's not Minnesota nice. And I think maybe that's something that as fans we need to get used to because we're so used to a shitty fucking franchise. Maybe we need some heartless moves. And I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but sometimes you need to let things go and understand that for the, like, if you actually want the franchise to succeed, maybe some of these moves have to be made. And it's not always comfortable and it's not always fun. You can still be heartless, but with grace about it you know and some dignity this seems like it was short on both of those. we don't know we don't know what went on behind the scenes so we'll never know true the optics are not the optics great. aren't good um but i'm gonna kind of go into a segue and then i will talk about the new head coach which i'm actually very excited about so the segue is this there's been a lot of talk amongst timberwolves beat writers and it's like more innuendo than it is actual talk because I think they don't want to say anything out loud too much. But there seems to be some talk. Actually, sorry, before I before I hit this point, I need to hit another point. Um, Paul's giving me a look like you're <laughs> fucking insane. Uh, and I promise I'll get back to the point I was about to make. But, but this is a point I want to make before. Um, look, I've said this before. So Chris Finch is a white dude. Um, and there was no... For this hire, there was no formal formal interview process with other coaching candidates. At least, um, at least that we know there, of. There wasn't. There were no other candidates All right. that were... But I'll get to that process in a second. The point is, there are not enough black coaches in the NBA. Uh, David Vanterpool, who I just spoke of recently, who's the kind of defensive coordinator, if you will... Um, as, as they would say in football, but the defensive special, the defensive coach for for the yeah. team, um, he is he's a black guy and he's been around the league for a long time. There are a lot of black coaches who are like really good and don't have jobs, or who are assistants who should be elevated to head coaching jobs. Damian Lillard sounded off on it on Twitter. So did um, CJ McCollum about how he should have been elevated to the head coaching job. Gerson Rosas, I actually did, I really like this answer in his press conference. He was asked about why David Vanderpool wasn't hired. And it's kind of funny because Gerson Rosas isn't black, but he is Latino. So, I mean, not that that excuses anything and not that you can't be bigoted toward other people if you're not white. But he's like, of course I care about diversity. But we're 7-24. and 24. We're the worst team in the league. And... Both offensively and defensively were terrible. Yep. So I didn't think it was good to hire anybody internally because, Frank. I mean, how I parsed it, he didn't say this, but basically he was saying, I don't deserve it. We yeah. suck. Yeah. Why would I Why would I keep the same thing going in a different form? And he has a point. He has a good point. And so, like, an outside hire I think was the right move. But the way it was done looked bad. Yes. Um... The point I was going to make before I just totally switched three, and had a ma- major malfunction, <laughs> but but I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to it. There's there's a method to my madness, uh, is, so Ryan Saunders, there's a lot of, what I was saying was there's a lot of Timberwolves beat writers that are kind of dancing around this subject, but basically saying that they wouldn't be surprised if when the head coaching search in 2019 was taking place, that Ryan Saunders... Like, the, basically, they, they interviewed all these candidates. Gerson Rosas, it sounds like, because he even said today that Ryan was the pick, but Chris Finch was the runner-up. He said that in his press conference. So there's a lot of speculation that Glenn Taylor, the owner, was basically like, give Ryan the job. He's getting the job. We're going to try it out. If it doesn't work, take your guy down the road. Yep. But this is who I want now. And and you do want that sort of fairy tale ending, you know, Flip Saunders, who's a legend in the organization. 
Well, then, and there, then his kid comes along. Yes, it's, it's not nepotism. It's just like the Hollywood story. But it is nepotism because there is a yeah. a very famous kind of view of how Glenn Taylor operates called the Country Club. That's what beat writers call it, the Glenn Taylor Country Club. And it's these same people who get hired in different capacities. It's just it's a thing. So that's kind of like that's kind of a kind of some some rumor like that that's a rumor that maybe it was just glenn taylor that was like this is the guy you're gonna hire him now if it doesn't work out then you can have your guy and then what rosas now is like look we absolutely suck and glenn taylor signed off on it and then yeah so basically the reason that the process took no time is because chris finch wanted the job two years ago and, Ros- and he's never been a head coach. And then by that rumor, Rosas also wanted him for the job. So when the job became available, all he had to do was talk to Masai Ujiri in Toronto and say, hey, I want to hire your associate head coach. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and like, shout out to the Raptors for giving Chris Finch the opportunity to take the job because not all teams would do that. But Nick Nurse is cool. The front office is really cool and forward thinking, so that's not surprising. They, they want al- people to succeed. They also won their championship, and they're like, we cool. We and good. the Wolves are in the West. So <laughs> it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, they're not really worried about meeting the Wolves in the finals or anything. Nah. <laughs> if the Wolves ever get to the finals, the Raptors will probably suck at that point. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not ever going to be in the cards, probably. Watch, there'll be a Wolves-Raptors final in like <laughs> six years. Um, so anyway, uh, so again, it did seem a little insidious the way that it happened. But basically... They fired Ryan Saunders, and Rosas is like, I'm not going to promote anybody because they fucking suck. Yeah. I wanted Chris Finch as my head coach. He's still available. He's still available. Or let me let me double check he's available. And then once it was there, Chris Finch is like, gets a call. Do you want to be the head coach of – yes, I want to be a head coach. Hey, remember me? I interviewed you two years ago for a head coaching job. Would you like a pay raise and live in Minnesota? Sure. <laughs> he's like – well, Minnesota sucks, but yeah. Minnesota doesn't suck. Minneapolis nah, is awesome. I was just getting you riled up. <laughs> so, anyway, so now on to Chris Finch. Just knocked over my cat bobblehead there. Um, now on to Chris Finch. So, very brief biography. Born in the slums of... No. <laughs> so, Chris Finch... What time was he born? <laughs> Played at a D3 college. was like a really good player in college. And at age 27, he was hired by the, I think I'm saying this right, the Sheffield Sharks in England, where Nick Nurse also, or maybe he played overseas there, but he coached in the English Basketball League, which Nick Nurse also coached in. So they've known each other for 25 years or something. Anyway, coached over there, and then he eventually came over to the, back to the States, and he the re the where he and Gerson Rosas have a connection from is they both started um like in in the pros here in the at the time D League, what's now the G League, um, the NBA Developmental League, and they were in the Houston system, which this is a tongue twister, but I'll try and say it. The Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Hey Um so Rosas was the GM of the Vipers and Chris Finch was the head coach. And that's how they connected. Chris Finch won a D league championship with the Vipers. And that's kind of like a pedigree. Now Quinn Snyder was a D league coach. Um, Nate Bjorgren with the Pacers, obviously Nick nurse. Yeah. Um, Mark Dagonaut down in um, Oklahoma city was also a G league coach. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Both the players and the coaches who have come up through there. I'm going to give a quick shout out to the G League, formerly D League, because it's a really good, like, they're really showing, especially the, as of late, like, they're developing really, really, really good talent in both coaching and in players. Yeah, it's hugely important for the team. Some of the Wolves' best bench players were all in Iowa last year, in the Iowa Wolves. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so Finch has, has that pedigree. So he has been a head coach. He's won at that level. And then he was an assistant in Houston and in Denver and then in New Orleans for several years as like an associate head coach with Alvin Gentry. And then for this year in Toronto. 
And he's credited with the early development of Nikola Jokic on Denver. Not a, a bad, not a bad a, thing to be. Currently an MVP candidate. And then also credited with um, Anthony Davis's development, which is not a bad thing he at all. He's really good. Uh, and he's also credited specifically in New Orleans with making the tandem of Anthony Davis and when he was there, DeMarcus Cousins, work. Um, he's known as a an offensive mind, like a very, very, very good offensive mind. And so I look forward to seeing what he, what he can bring to the table. He, in the press conference, said that he's going to make sure that Cat is the center of everything, which is like – which yeah, Matt, Matt kind, and I are like kind of. I, well, duh. I don't want to shit on Ryan Saunders too much, but like, yeah, you. I mean, and Cat's a, like he's not he's no Jokic, right? He's not going to average ten assists a game, but he's averaging no. like four or five assists. He is a very, very well. He's a very high IQ basketball player. He has a really good grasp on the game, and he's a good passing big man. Yeah, he's he, not Jokic, but Jokic is like an all time great passing big man. It's kind of unfair, right? But he's like probably top five passing big man in the league, I would say. Cat well, yeah, I mean is. he can he can tell when he gets double teams and he can make the correct pass out of there. And he gets double teams because he's also well. A he really also makes good nice. I mean, he makes nice, like he makes nice nice passes even not even when he's not double teamed in the post. All right, we've praised Cat enough on this podcast. No, no, we haven't. <laughs> not even. I'm just getting started. Like every episode is like, oh my god, Cat. <laughs> start right. start praising your boy Trey Young a little more. It's Trey- not my fault. You're a shitty homer. Hey, at least Trey Fuck Young, off. At least Trey Young's an all-star. Cat's mom died of COVID. <laughs> oh, he had shit. six other family members die of COVID. Oh, he got in a car accident over the summer and was hospitalized. He had COVID himself and has had other injuries. Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> that didn't age well for you, buddy. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. You don't even know what to say. I was going to say something, but it was just, it was going to be tasteless and... That's only for people with COVID. Paul, fuck <laughs> off. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. Okay. Anyway, Paul is heartless <laughs> and terrible. Okay, so hopefully I haven't... You know, I wonder if I'm going to lose all of our dozen listeners after this <laughs> Wolves segment. I appreciate everyone bearing with me. This is like... This is such a weird thing. It's such a weird occurrence of events. But bottom line, I'm happy that Chris Finch is the head coach. I think he could be really good. He might also suck and be fired in 18 months. That's probably more likely, but I wish him all the luck in the world. I'm glad that he understands that Cat is the focal point, as he should, as any coach should, because he's the best player in every way. Um, And hopefully he can use the good talent, because there is good talent on the Wolves. It just has not been utilized properly. So hopefully it works. It is developing talent. So hopefully he can help develop all that talent also. I mean, like Nas Reed, you know, if, if... if he's the guy who made Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousin, Cousins work well together, could he pair Cat and Nas Reed together? Twin Towers. Right? Um, anyway, I'm not going to go into more specifics about the Wolves. Thank you for letting me wax poetic on it tonight. I appreciate <laughs> it because it's been kind of a weird thing. But Paul is normally the stats nerd or the fun fact nerd, and I have a fun fact, and I'm going to make Paul guess. Yes. I love this. So Chris Finch – so. Ryan Saunders was fired, and normally Mid- mid-season. mid-season, normally when coaches are fired in, during the season, an assistant coach on the team currently is promoted to interim head coach. Yes. Sometimes they're named as as the regular head coach, but it's it's like most always someone who's already on the team. Do you know the last time and who? And who? And who was given a multi-year contract to be the head coach in the middle of a season? I actually don't know who they replaced, but I know who it is. And for for a new team, correct. I was gonna say there have been some cases. So like where a Chris like, Finch situation. It was an assistant coach on a team. Okay, I just, who, want to, I just want to clarify that this isn't like who was it? George Carl, who was president, or, or like Pat that. Riley? No. So, okay. No, this is someone who was an assistant coach on a different team. Yeah, well, because they weren't assistants. They were, you know, like presidents no, of I know. operations is, who then became This coaches. person was an assistant coach on a team. The head coach of a different team got fired. This person who was an assistant was signed to a multi-year deal with 
with a, a team, new team with a new team. Oh man. Can I get a year? Like how recently was this? Or do I need to guess that too? 2000 and maybe I'm wrong on the year. It's 2007 or 8. I think 2007. Oh man. But was, I think it was that season. 2007 and 8 season. So it's been a long time. Or maybe 8 or 9, but it was in that realm. I'm I'm going to guess the Clippers. No. You don't have a coaching name? I know that look, that's I, a hard that's a hard I, one. I was going to guess Vinny Del Negro with the Clippers. Oh god. No. Interestingly enough, I don't know if if your if your coaching trivia goes back this far. Probably not. <laughs> Vinny Del Negro and this person and I think George Carl all got fired in the same year. Yeah, that doesn't help me a lot. All right. And actually, I'm, I'm going to do a hot take too. This person should probably still be a head coach in the NBA, and they're not. But they are currently an assistant coach. Huh? <laughs> huh? I love this. Who? You want me to tell you? Yes. Okay. The team. So the team that they came from, not that they went to, was the Milwaukee Bucks. It was Lionel Hollins, who was an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks, hired midseason to Memphis. Oh. On a multi-year deal. Huh. Pretty good stat, huh? Yeah. yeah. I like that. So, uh, shout out to Chris Finch. I wish him all the luck in the world because the Wolves have no fucking luck. And so, <laughs> hopefully, when it goes terribly, he can get a job somewhere else. <laughs> Look. You said it. Stranger things have happened. He could be the guy... Maybe finally that does something with the Wolves. Gerson Rosas is also obviously concerned about his own job. That's a lot of it, too, because it's now squarely on him. This is his guy. And if it doesn't yeah. work, he's fucking done. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to my half hour on the Wolves. <laughs> it's been about that long. <laughs> it took longer uh, than the Paul Stars. It's because I apparently didn't introduce enough controversy into it. Well... Yeah, and and again, I, I tried to explain the situation as wholly as I could, and it it required a little bit of backstory because there is more to it. Um, is there anything Hawks you want to talk about, Paul? Since I talked about my team for a while. Well, coaching wise, there's a chance Lloyd Pierce doesn't make it after this season. So why don't you talk about Lloyd Pierce and kind of what's happening with your Hawks? Because it is kind of interesting. The Hawks have been hurt for a while. Lloyd Pierce is currently out right now because he just had the birth of a kid. So shout out to him and his family. Shout out to Lloyd Pierce. He's a real one. Yeah, so so things get a little complicated with that. Because Lloyd Pierce has absolutely been a real one in Atlanta. He's done a lot of voting stuff. A lot of Black Lives Matter stuff. He is, he is a leader in the organization in both those regards. Losing him complicates those situations. Especially if he gets replaced with someone with uh, less color in their skin. <laughs> because, I mean, that that's just a bad look for the organization. It just is. Lloyd Pierce has been fine as a coach. The Hawks have been hurt a lot. They just, they run some plays and you're kind of like, what's happening here? Their defense has improved since last year. A lot of that's Capella. But it hasn't been wow, like this team actually can compete for something. You know, right now they're just kind of hoping to make it into the playoffs and have something good happen. I think Lloyd Pierce probably gets another year after this, and it'll really be up to that year. But I, I think he's going to be What if they don't the make ropes. the playoffs? If they don't make the playoffs and everyone who is healthy right now stays healthy, he might be gone. Yeah. I mean, losing Downey Hunter hurts. Losing Bogdanovich hurts a lot. They just—they've been missing some key pieces, but still, you got to keep plugging together. And I mean, and the East isn't that tough. I mean, they it, should be able no. to win with who they have. Yeah, and I mean, they beat like the Nuggets last night. The yeah, Nuggets are good. I saw that. They're—they're they're just kind of streaky, and a lot of that's just coaching and preparation. So, not a lot to say on Lloyd Pierce. I just want to say, be safe out there. I kind of made a joke about 
COVID. That was you didn't kind of make a joke. Was, you absolutely made a joke. <laughs> and it's not it's not something to joke about. Like COVID is real. It is dangerous. And we're also fucking close to a vaccine. And if we're you don't, so close. also if you don't. If you're against vaccines, you're just a fucking idiot. I'm sorry because you don't pay attention to science. Okay? Yeah. If you don't, and like- you don't pay attention to math, and I don't pay attention to math, and I know that vaccines are the better option than getting fucking COVID. Look, all I have to say, if you don't like science, is just try to be smarter. Is really what it comes down to. Like, there's not a lot else that can be said. About Maybe just that. spend more time during your day at work on Wikipedia, looking at cool things. Looking at anything, just reading, anything. But mainly on Wikipedia. Always Wikipedia. Always Wikipedia. Or sometimes Google Maps if you just want to learn a new location. <laughs> if you're a visual learner. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I don't know what we'll cover next time. We haven't really gotten that far. We've been better about pre-planning, so I'm sure we'll have some good nuggets for next time. Um, maybe over in Denver. Hey, Pun intended. Yeah, that was a bad that. joke. I knew you were going to do that. Uh I think at some point, I don't want to. I don't want to pump the pump the twelve listeners up too much. Pump it up. We talked a lot about the wolves tonight for obvious reasons, but maybe at some point, maybe not next episode, maybe not the one after that, maybe not the one after that, but at some point in the near future, during the life of our podcast, Paul, I think we have to tell the Atlanta story. The Atlanta story. <laughs> It will be, and and what we can maybe do is we can oh, center. That needs, that needs to be like a Christmas special for well, next year. Oh or something. well, maybe we can do that. And what we can do is maybe maybe have it be an episode where you come up with some cool hawk stats. We talk about Atlanta, like the team in general, <laughs> and then we share our, our Atlanta story because we have a very very good Atlanta story that maybe, you will not. Maybe it's miss. Easter because I died. Because you died. <laughs> Are you Christ? <laughs> no. <laughs> This is embarrassing as hell. <laughs> not, not for me. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, like Paul said, be safe out there. Um, thanks for listening to our rants. Again, thanks for listening every week. And uh, thanks for listening to Basketballers. <laughs>